I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glass 8 Film Club podcast. Of course, I'm here. It's Marcus and I'm ready to chat about films as we do every episode, dive deep, share our thoughts, throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And as usual, film buff, enthusiastically minded man of the media is Callum. Yes, he's here. He's going to chat about films as always. Callum, how are you doing today? Man of, man of the media. That's a, <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> Actually, I like just riffing and seeing what what's in my mind about you on that specific day, and that's, that's what seeing where it, today. Seeing where it goes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really good. Um, I'm glad the sun's out. Um, historic moment. I know we've been teasing the listeners about when we're actually going to go to the pub. We well, we didn't go to a pub, did we? We went for a walk and yeah. had a and had a bottle of beer from a shop in the snow. So we've actually, we've met up now. We have, yeah. And we've had beer together, so we are very close to that next step of sharing a pint indoors. But, hey, that will come round. That was more than enough for me when we met up. It was, uh, of course, wonderful to see you, Callum, and speak about films mm. in person. No, indeed. I did suggest that when... Uh... When we went walking, um, we should record one up a mountain, which, logistically speaking, I don't think you were into. Um, I, I, I'm, we can find a way. Surely we can find a way. It would be good to do, like, as we walk in. So if we have, like, mics on as we walk in, you can hear the footsteps and we can maybe even talk about the scenery as well. Surely that'll mm. go down well as a special. Sonic literacy. Sonic were. literacy, of course. <laughs> yeah, we've not had that one for a while, have we? Um, yeah, no, no, indeed. Uh, no, I've, I've been good. We're going to the meet up with friends, which has been nice because you're allowed to do that now. It's no, no longer illegal. Um, going to the pub, which is great. Out sitting outside, obviously, but still brilliant. It's just nice to see some life coming back to the oh, city. I it think is. it just makes you feel alive, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm complaining at the fact that there's too many people about now. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to have the satisfaction of still being able to complain, haven't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, really positive about the um, the, re- the the easing of restrictions. I feel like our lives are coming back. Yeah, um, yeah, it feels good. It feels good. And, yeah. you know, long may it continue. Very satisfying. But, of course, we're going to carry on doing these chats regardless. We'll have more weird and wonderful things that we can do with him but this has been keeping us going and now it's going to spur us on even more into life as we crack on into summer soon Callum 100%. what thing I wanted to ask you about what do you think of that quote that I texted you with during the week because it just came to mind uh, I was reading a book and I saw that quote and I thought Callum's going to like this and maybe it'll give us a bit of satisfaction and a pat on the back for why we should continue doing our conversations like this oh you know I, you, you knew I'd love it great <laughs> Great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. I just thought, yeah, it's multifaceted, layered, nuanced. It's just brilliant. Exactly, (laughs) and it allows us to um, keep going in the waffle, because in the context (laughs) of of that quote, we're, we're the great minds. So 
thank you, Eleanor Roosevelt, for <laughs> saying that because that that really gave me the lift I needed during the week. <laughs> I mean, I think that we should do that as a, that should be the quote to advertise this podcast. Yeah, I think that, maybe we should share that with the the Instagram followers and see what they have to say for themselves. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Done. do it. Done. Anyway, that's enough of the waffle. Let's get onto some mm. structured waffle now of the film. So we chatted last time, Karen, saying that we wanted to maybe get something a little bit older, but still a classic. We landed on this film. Can you talk the listeners through what we watched and give a bit of an overview? Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a cult classic, I guess. Um, directed in uh, the year 2000. Uh, it's a black comedy called American Psycho, um, written by Guinevere Turner, um, co-written and directed by uh, Mary Harron. Um, stars Christian Bale, uh, Willem Dafoe, Jared Leto, and Reese Witherspoon, amongst various other ac- other actors and actresses. Um, it's based on the novel that was written by Brett Easton Ellis in the nineteen eighties and um, nineteen ninety sorry nineteen ninety one I think it was written yeah, um, and it's set in the nineteen eighties. But the film itself follows um, the lifestyle of this New York uh, investment banker, corporate banker. He's kind of what. In the 1980s, you'd describe as a yuppie, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a bit, get a bit of only fools and horses knowledge in there. <laughs> exactly. Cr- cross those worlds over nicely. <laughs> Indeed. Um, it stars Christian Bale as the um, main character called Patrick Bateman. And Patrick Bateman is this sort of yuppie banker that proclaims that he wants to fit in with society and he's uh, with the various trends and. Um, the socialites of the New York City money scene in the, the 1980s. Um, his life is centered around attending um, prestigious, expensive restaurants, uh, nightclubs, um, regularly um, pays for prostitutes. Um, and he's introduced at the start of the film as an idea. He said that there's an idea of a Patrick Bateman. Um, and I think it, it turns out later that he's a, he's a murderer. Um, and he kills people and things very violently. He's got a fetish of, about violence. Um, I think for me, the film, even though it follows the lifestyle of this Patrick Bateman, I think really it's a critique of the corporate world in the 1980s, particularly Reagan's America, sort of the explosion of neoliberalism in the late 80s, um, the sort of the building up of Wall Street in particular, it's sort of challenging the 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 corporate um, corruption of of the, the growing capitalist world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it has lots of fetish descriptions of consumer culture. Everyone in the film is fiercely narcissistic, fiercely um, obsessed with their own self. Um, it follows it, it follows the lifestyle of these of these socialites of these. New York City bankers and their um, girlfriends, prostitutes, wives. Um, and for me, what it really does is it questions the idea of who is really insane. Is it, the, is, it, is it Patrick Bateman that's insane? Or is it everyone else surrounding him that's insane? Okay, yeah. Or is it just the company that he works for that's insane? Has the company, is the ISR investment in capital and money, is that the, really the insane thing? That's that's the film in a nutshell, really, I think. Thank you. That was a lovely overview. Mm. Nicely done, Callum. Thank you very much. 
Well, I'm going to go straight in with my initial reaction of the film. I'm, re- I'm in a real bind with this one because after watching it, I could see it was a good film. Maybe I felt a bit like the the lead character when watching the film. Like I could see the idea and the concept of the film was good and well written and some great performances, but I just didn't feel it. I couldn't connect with it. I don't know whether this is because my personal preference against the genre of horror, which there's a lot of horror included in it. I don't know whether that was it. It is quite weird, and I know that's not something that I would rule out normally in a film, but it is weird. The converse, the dialogue's strange. It doesn't fit in normal ways. It's as if everyone's just saying lines and not saying lines to each other. Obviously, that's part of the point of it. But I just really struggled to connect with it. And that was my problem, is that I found it very inaccessible to myself. That doesn't mean that it is as a film, but I found it inaccessible. And because of that, I couldn't get stuck into the bigger themes or get stuck into the deeper depths of where the film was going. What you said there, Callum, is a great summary. And I love how they've put some tropes of horror and quite surreal filmmaking against this what's essentially questioning westernization and hypercapitalism in the 80s which is obviously things that art forms have questioned loads of times in a more straight down the middle traditional way which i'd be more inclined to take in so the fact that they smash these different things together to use the impact of horror to really show something stark and brash like that i think is to be applauded i just couldn't invest in it and because of that I didn't get the impact of the point it was making, which is frustrating because I agree what you said in the themes in there and the way that it does talk about the 80s in America and the fact that the character uh, represents something, but the company represents something else and they're all in conflict against each other. But that was my problem just straight away with it. I can see there's a lot of goodness to the film there. It It just didn't grab me. And for that, I was just really limited what I got out of it. What What was your experience? Was yours different to that, Callum? I think a, a rare occasion here. Um, we're going to be at two ends of the the spectrum here because i I thought the complete I thought the complete opposite. I I thought um I thought I mean I love it. I thought it was brilliant. It's so funny, and the fact that it's like the way it's nuanced and the fact that it blends all these different tropes, I think, is a quite a nice stylistic metaphor to describe the chaos of of capitalism i guess um mm-hmm. i mean if a corporation really if a corporation was a person what who who would it look like and what this film suggests is that it would look like sound and dress and act like patrick bateman um unapologetic narcissist um violent and really capitalism has been described in that in, in that way um, in other art yeah, forms and in, in in other ways, and you know, it, it yeah, it mirrors the sort of the greed and the sort of the lunacy, I guess, of um, nineteen eighties uh, Wall Street. But and and you've got the sort of the, the frat element to it as well. Like you got all these men. It's very critic. It's very critical of men working on Wall Street. It's this sort of like Darwinian, like kaleidoscope of all dressed up in a Louis Vuitton outfit. Um, because in the novel, interestingly, like Brace and Ellis spends pages 
describing the suit that Patrick Bateman is wearing. Or Patrick Bateman, sorry, describes the suit that he's wearing. And it's just this obsession with money, the fetishism of style. Um, and I just, I just thought it was really, really um, critical of sort of corporate culture. Yeah, it's also critical of what that corporate culture represents as well. So mm-hmm. um, they've got this sort of like, like I said earlier, uh, well, said so it's sort of like Darwinian sort of kaleidoscope, I guess, um, of all dressed up in these fancy suits and stuff. And again, it questions the idea if the corporation was a person, what would this person actually look like? It says at the very start, that there's, um, it says there's an idea of a Patrick Bateman. There is no real me, only an entity. And I think that is um, fascinating because what it does is it allows the, the corporate world to take many forms and adapt and mould and sort of become this all-consuming thing um, where, like, you know, where everything coalesces and everything merges and it and, and you know, you see you've got all those kind of crit, that criticality there about the corporate world and what it represents and the many forms that it can take but it's just done through this really comedic way whether they're prepared whether whether if they're comparing business cards as if they were prepare as if they were pre- like comparing the sizes of their <laughs> and there's, and there's, and the thing is like the comedy in that is like there's hardly any difference between each business card exactly yeah it's just like, it's like look at that subtle off-white coloring like that's bone and all this sort of stuff it's hilarious and I love how I coughed without actually saying what they were measuring. I thought that was quite quite good radio there. Quite good podcast fodder. <laughs> if only you would have had that kind of uh, control when we had the uh, university days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you, there's all there's all that that's associated with it, and um, mm-hmm. you got you know, and, and the the pit where he um, where he where he tries to strangle the person that when he's having a, a uh, a wee in the in the urinal, and then the guy touches his his gloves, and he ends up washing his gloves. I just there's yeah. that aspect of it, and then it's just his, I think I think I think Christian Bale in this is brilliant. His performance is great. I think. Um, well, for me, that that sort of blend blended genre and the what what the what the the film is targeting the idea of, like if a corporation had a face, is this what it would look like, and who's really insane, um, which we'll talk about a little bit yeah. later. Um, I'm really on board with that. I hadn't thought of that, but I think that's a really good summary of what's being shown through this character is if a corporation was a person, what would it look like? That That's a very good bit of imagery to think about because, yes, what you've said there, soulless, not really got any true values to it, just trying to emulate and be something without feeling anything. And like you said, very violent and aggressive. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I also agree that have a great performance from Christian Bale. He's such an intense character, and mm. like anything he's in, like I imagine he's like that in real life. Just he can't not be that intense because everything you see him in, he's an unbelievably intense character. I'm not saying and don't libel him on uh, going around murdering people, but. He, he delivers that so well. And here's something to add to it, but I think this is partly what adds to my criticism and also, not dislike, but struggle to get into it. It's so nihilistic. <laughs> like, his character is, yeah. 
and also the whole plot of it is. That's something that stood out to me. It was like I said earlier, when they're having these conversations, they're not really speaking to each other. They're all just saying things and then it moves on to the next person, which I get the point because none of them actually really believe in anything. They're just saying things and that's really exemplified when... Um, he's there just spouting all this stuff off where if you go to that restaurant in the uh, like edgy part of town he goes well I think the world should change so we can do this and the more yeah. people can get it and he's just like spouts all this stuff up um, but when they go into his office and he is meant to be like this high powered person is obviously a mirror against people who earn a lot of money in capitalist societies and investment bankers he's just a mirror on that but every time you go into his office, he's not doing anything. For example, there's one where that inspector goes in. I think he's holding like a palm magazine and he like puts it away in his drawer. And it's just him getting people, like booking lunch meetings and stuff like that. Like, there's definitely a point there of saying, look, all these people make loads of money. These are the richest people and some of the most powerful people in the world. But literally, they don't do anything. It's not like they've worked their way up to do nothing. It's just them discussing how they got a different account, put the name on things. And there's so much nihilism to it. Like, the character's nihilistic in the sense that he doesn't believe in anything. He's got no values. Like you said, he's, there's an idea of him. He, just, he doesn't feel anything. Like the opening scene is pretty good when he's going through his like, skincare routine and stuff like that. It's just he's molding himself as a, a model but has no actual feeling apart from these deep horrific feelings like you said the fetish of violence but the problem for me there is that the whole film then is very nihilistic it's very much the critique of saying well all the people who run the world don't do anything and we're all controlled by people who add nothing to the world so the world is not has no value or anything and it's all dodgy and we're all working to do nothing like, great, I get the point, but the whole film acts in that va uh, that vein in the fact that, oh, none of this is worthwhile. So it's it doesn't engage with its own emotion at all because it's an emotionless film in that sense because of the story it's telling. It's a similar issue I had with Pieces of a Woman is that it was a very empty film to depict emptiness and lack of emotion. Yes, absolutely a powerful thing but it just makes it very hard to connect with because these aren't emotions which are very they don't draw you in as the viewer so maybe i just need to try harder as a member of the audience and maybe it's a film that does need watching more and that could be why it is a good film and why it is well written because it's layered and you need to watch it a few times I just found it so hard to watch because of those reasons, because there was no emotion for me to cling on to, which was exactly the point of the film, but the nihilism was just too much for me. I just couldn't, I couldn't find a uh, crack to grasp onto, which was unfortunate, but yeah, I see where you're coming from from those angles, and the performance worked beautifully, but just didn't give me anything to go on to. What do you think, though, further than that, Callum? Because one of the things that, I feel like it was trying to represent, but I still couldn't quite grasp where the story was going was his killings. So let's go into the, the horror and the element of that. But then it kind of culminates in the scene of him ringing up his lawyer and then he, he meets this guy in a bar and basically the lawyer just shrugs him off. What 
Firstly, what do you think of that? Like, the horror elements of it. But I still couldn't get a conclusion of what all that meant. I've not been able to piece that together. Like, where does that all sit for you? I think um, <clears throat> the, 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 the emphasis on sort of insane amounts of violence, I think, is to sort of perhaps mirror the, the lunacy of... Um, of uh, of Wall Street mirror the lunacy of capitalism to an extent, and then that's sort of expressed through the metaphor of of violence. Um, it's interesting of who he who he who he kills as well. Like he kills uh, a homeless man, um, pr- a prostitute, um, people who are that he, and then he kill, eventually kills Paul Allen, played by Jared Leto. Um, I think he's is it yeah Paul Allen yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, after he's uh, disappointed that his his business card is better, which which yeah, I think yeah. is quite funny, um, and he hacks him to death with an axe um, whilst playing it to be squared. Like those scenes are, have got comedy them. Yeah, I know what you mean in that where he talks through the record in real emotionless detail, but in hyper detail, and his apartment is always like, and the scenes are very clinical in terms of the white backdrops and things like mm. that which obviously makes the violence and the blood and gore stand out more but it also links to what I was saying about the nihilism of there's no soul or emotion to where this money's being spent it's just well, things that don't have any value. Well he wants to fit in doesn't he? Like when he's in the cab with Reese Witherspoon he, he's, he's listening to um, Katrina and the Waves or something and uh, I'm walking on sunshine um, and he goes I want to fit in um, and it is all about that conformity, and I think, mm-hmm. I mean, Ellis in, in the novel in particular makes the point. I know we're talking about the film, but the novel and the film are. I think the film's slightly different to the novel in a, in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. But what Ellis does in the novel is that he uses violence to basically emphasise the 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 insanity of of Wall Street or the insanity of of the modern world, basically. Um, the film does that as well, but it also challenges who's really insane. Like, because at the end, when when he rings up his lawyer and then he finds his lawyer in the bar, um, and he's like, "No, it was me. I killed them." And he's like, "No, you didn't. No." But then he looks around and everyone's wearing the same suits. Everyone looks the same. It's got to such a point, almost surreal. It's got such to. It's got. Su- it's got to such a point that nobody recognizes anyone's true character or true nature anymore. Because they're okay. so ob- self-obsessed and self-absorbed in their own world that they can't possibly make sense of anything other than their own narcissism and their own self-entitlement. And I guess um, the use of violence is a way to uh, sort, of, sort of say how... I guess when it's set as well in the 1980s, you had this explosion of capitalism, completely a, re- a realignment of of arguably the nation state really to an extent um in terms of its people's relationship with capital consumer culture it all exploded in the 1980s you had um sort of coming towards the end of the cold war you had all these other sort of world events happening at the same time and the world was was insane and i guess when he's writing the novel at that particular time and this sort of like new culture this new yippie um, yuppie culture, sorry, comes into the, comes into the fore. How do you describe that? Because it's relatively unprecedented. How do you describe that other than to describe it through something that everyone would recognise, which is, or at least be disgusted by, which is insane amounts of violence? It's almost mm-hmm. creating a point that 
in order to understand capitalism, you have to be brought to a point where you're so disgusted by it, you have to try and make sense of it in that way. And the violence is used, I think, as a as a way to sort of de- get you into that, to be just so disgusted by capitalism that in what way can you... What, what else are most people disgust, disgusted at? Well, they're disgusted at how Patrick Bateman treats women. They're disgusted at how Patrick Bateman treats homeless people. They're disgusted at how Patrick Bateman treats a cat when he tries to feed it to an ATM, which I think is actually quite funny. <laughs> like, um, when he, you know, but this is the thing. It, it, this is why the film is its just a black comedy. It's, it's a critique of capitalism, but using violence as a way to explore that um, lunacy of it all. Um, and at the end, you know, it does challenge that. Who's really insane? Is it Patrick Bateman that's insane? Or is it the system? Or is it the people around yeah. him? Or it, And I think violence is used as a, as a way to, to um, make us think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like what you said about the idea of monotony. So that conversation in the bar with the lawyer and you say everyone's there drinking the same stuff, mm. wearing the same things. And the subtlety of... The changes in the business cards is like the only expression of emotion is a slightly thicker font or a slightly off-white colour on a business card is that people are chasing this and building a society and producing money and vast wealth around something that's nothing. There's mm. no different. Everyone within it isn't expressing anything. There's no expression of individuality. It's just trying to be more like the person who is next to you who's be trying to be more like you but you're both exactly the same and yeah that is pretty fascinating of course sorry but what, I, I just wanted to go deeper into that conversation with a lawyer because i still can't get my head around what what's the actual reading of that so my instincts for the reading of it initially was the lawyer understands what you're saying at first and accepts it but then kind of the trigger in his mind is you know what, that's not even shocking in this world. We mm. just brush things like that aside. But then when you were talking about it then, it's my second thought of it is, does he genuinely believe he had dinner with that guy in London because people are so similar? He's like, oh no, of course I had dinner with that guy in London twice. That's the monotony element of it. And then that's the switch in characters because the only emotion we see of any kind of internal uh, consideration of who he is by Patrick Bateman is when he calls up the lawyer and he has that real breakdown and he's crying. At that point, the film, you feel like there might be a conclusion to it that, hey, he could get caught, but he's had a realisation that what's within him is evil and he needs to try and get it out of him. But then there's that conversation he has and then he essentially snaps back in and be like, you know what, this isn't, insane i've been kind of given the green light for this and he he then fits in because of who he is so yeah i just wanted to base in what was your exact reading of what that conversation is and how it's playing out i mean it was that it was the fact that like um he he believes he passionately believes he had dinner with paul allen because everyone looks the same basically (laughs) um and he won't be he won't be convinced otherwise. If anything, Patrick Bateman is the insane one for saying that he didn't have dinner with him. It's like, how could I possibly not have had dinner with him? Because um, yeah. then, of course, it flips quite nicely because then the lawyer <laughs> then thinks Patrick Bateman. Well, Patrick Bateman thinks 
everyone's insane. Well, his lawyer's insane for not understanding what he's saying, but then his lawyer thinks he's insane for saying something like that. Um, It's a really nice sort of interplay between who's really insane here. Is it these people or is it just the system that's been created for and by these people? Sure. And I can completely see this, having this conversation, I can completely get these themes and I love the working of it. It's a great critique of something which I passionately feel critiquing i feel like critiquing and have done and we do in a lot of these conversations but this is just my big frustration with the film is that i find it so hard to get that out of the film Mm. i feel like i'm really prying it out and by no means it should be easy getting these things out but i was pushed away from it so much it's making me really think about dragging these things out i don't i didn't get the initial emotion and for me Yes, I want to be able to analyse films and then consciously go deeper into them and dig stuff out. But I want the instant emotion the film gives me when I'm watching it to push me in those directions. It's not just an academic act of let's rethink everything that's been said and done in it and then we'll get some meaning from it. Obviously, there's an element to that of what we do in these conversations. But I think there's got to be two things from film. There's got to be that academic conversation element where you look back and reanalyze but you need to feel these things as part of the emotion the film's got to elicit the emotion in you to actually make these things stick and resonate rather than just oh yeah i noticed that and that's my problem with the film is there wasn't enough in it to make me emotionally resonate with the themes and therefore yes i get them i understand it and it's a great way of putting it forward it's just it's just not sticking with me because it didn't resonate through the emotion of it. That's that's my big frustration. I think it's I do get, I do get where you're coming from. I think it is a, bit, a little bit. We were saying off air, weren't we? It's, it's it is a little. It's an acquired taste to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of sort of nuance and and you, I think you got to black comedies. I think you have to kind of. It's a, it's a genre in and of itself, and it it doesn't sort of resonate with. With everyone, I guess. Um, I know what you mean about sort of having just no um, no let up from it. It is it is it is very self destructive and it is very nihilistic. But I think that's that's the point, uh, you know, of the of of of, of the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, per, I mean, like I said, personally, I I I think I think it's it's a great critique of capitalism. But I, I maybe it says more about my sense of humor. I just find I just found it really funny. I mean, when he tries to feed the cat to the ATM, I just thought. It's just such a symbolic act. It's like money equals death. <laughs> it's it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's just I mean, it's the way, the way he does it as well. And he just with his gun, and then he just shoots someone randomly. But if, again, that's I guess that's a way of saying like, how else are you going to describe something that? Because um, if you say that like bankers are corrupt, people just go, yeah, what of it? Whereas if you sort mm-hmm. of juxtapose it with insane amounts of violence. And say, okay, why are they corrupt? Or like, why does it? Why is the system the way it is? And something like that. Violence, or at least extreme violence, is something that everyone is acquainted with. Not everyone is acquainted with um, the corporate world. So really, and this is what um, Tarantino does this sometimes as well. Like. The reason why I think one of the reasons why violence is used, insane amounts of violence is used in art, is because it it's the one thing that everyone can 
sort of recognize like love is gen is rarely used because it means different things to different people whereas violence it is violence is violence to an extent you know there's different degrees of it but in this instance violence is used as a way to 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 describe the lunacy of wall street i think Mm -hmm. yeah and that completely makes sense i'm gonna give some give a closing Mm. remarks and overview now and i get that and yes the comedy is there for sure like it's not laugh out loud comedy it's bizarre surreal comedy in the way of like the like you said the lunacy of the situations and they sat there comparing business cards with the cat as well it's all it goes down to daftness in the end when you look at it like this is just silly but on a high level so i get the comedy in it and as i've said i think the the way that it uses these tropes of horror to make a critique of something that is quite widely criticized and especially in art is very unique and bold and i'd take my hat off to the writing for this i think it's a great concept it just comes back down to i just really struggled for it to resonate with me emotionally and um even though the horror elements were good at being arresting and grabbing your attention and moving it towards that and like you said paralleling it with the insanity of wall street as thought sometimes it strays too much into horroring like well this is just a horror film it's not leading me into the areas i want to but i think it's very much personal preference and maybe that's the conclusion for the film this film is something which really plays onto personal preference if you resonate with that type of art you're gonna get this and the themes are gonna land with you unfortunately it wasn't for me i'm gonna give it a six out of ten um and like i said it's with a heavy heart because i wanted it i wanted to love it because i like the premise and you know how much i love a premise but unfortunately i didn't Maybe if you're re-watching, it'll get me there. But at this point, it's a 6 out of 10. Callum, can you please summarise and give me your rating? Um, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Um, I love the the, the 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 comedy in it. I love the, the nuance of it. I loved how the, the critique of corporatism was great. I think Christian Bale's great. I think Jared Leto's great. I think um, Reese Witherspoon is also great in it. I just think the cast is fantastic. The comedy is 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 there. Um, I just love how multifaceted multifaceted it is. Great film, nine out of ten. The only reason I'm not going to give it ten is because I do really like the novel, and for me, I just wanted a little bit more violence. And that's and that's okay. I mean that's just personal preference because I think um, yeah, the violence in the novel is. Is 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 a is is horrendous, but I think it makes a point. But that, but the film itself, the film is still. I think it's a perfect length as well. It's not like it's like an hour and a half, hour and forty minutes. Yeah, th- it's yeah any longer would be um would be a I think a bit too late. Well, I say more violence than the movie. I was literally just about to say any longer would be a bit more <laughs> laboured, but no, that's not the way. That's not the sort of analysis I was going for. I'm still giving it nine out of ten. It's a perfect length. I think maybe they could. Maybe cut. No, we're gonna we're gonna end up. This is gonna end up stretching to another uh, hour of um, another half hour of uh, film critique. So I'll keep I'll keep it. Sh- it was snipping the su- film a, down by a, a summer a summary means a summary. Nine out of ten. I love the comedy. I love the 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 violence. The 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 corporate culture. Everything about it. I just loved it. 
Well, thank you, Callum. And I think that is probably a Glass A Film Club first of where we've really differed yeah. on our opinions. Three points in it there, with me giving a six and you giving a nine. So good to have these varieties, good to get these different perspectives and to show we're not just one mind that looks at the films and loves them in the same ways, which people may or may not think by listening to some of them. But we do have our different opinions and views of these things. I've enjoyed watching a film that was, you know, different for both of us. Thank you, Callum, once again for yeah. being on the Glass A Film Club podcast. We will, of course, be back. And as we keep teasing, we've met up now. It's only a matter of time before we can record something in person. And don't worry, we will not hesitate to do that. Loads more great films and some that we've had our eyes on for a while, which we're going to be watching soon. Some real biggies, so be prepared for that. Thank you very much, Callum. Thank you for listening. That was the Glass A Film Club podcast. Keep checking out films. We will, and we'll be back very soon. See you all later.